Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. If you missed the show last week with Piers and Eric, uh, you can hear that wherever you found this. We're also on three episodes of Podcast vs. Podcast with them, so check that out. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. I've heard that Jesus saves, but Gina harms? <laughs> I'm joined by a stand-up comedian, Gina Harms. How, how's it going? Oh, good. How are you? That, yeah, I'm all right. I was, I was really one. worried that wasn't going to land. <laughs> that's okay. I, I used to do a joke like that, like the, about my name, like Gina Harms. I want to change it to something more positive, like Gina helps. <laughs> you do Gina saves. It sounds like Jesus saves. Yeah, Gina saves. Like that's, I've never heard that one. <laughs> Um, so, uh, speaking of your stand-up, why don't you tell me about how you got started doing stand-up? Uh, yeah. I, I actually, like, I wanted to be an actor, and so I, I went to acting school, but I always leaned towards, like, more comedic stuff, and, like, kind of in my mind, I was gonna be, like, I wanted to write, too. I wanted to be, like, Tina Fey, and, like, make my own show, but star in it, and, like, do that. Uh, so I went to this acting school and then there was an extension of it that had a comedy program that was just like tons of improv and like sketch writing, but they also had a stand-up comedy portion. And I'd always like in the back of my mind thought about doing stand-up comedy, but I was like, I don't know uh, how to try it. So then this school thing, like we were just forced to do it and then I, I loved it and I was like, oh, I like this the most. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like a stand-up class at the school. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It was a interesting way to get started because, like, it was very. Um, we were just very like, I don't know, if sheltered is the right word, but like, everyone was so supportive. Like, we had a showcase, but it, everyone's friends and family were there, and everyone from the school. So it was like no one really bombed, right? Ever <laughs> so thinking about it now i'm just like oh like as soon as i left the school and like hit the open mic scene i was just like holy shit like <laughs> what, what was your first open mic like my first open mic i think it was at the comedy basement at goldie's pizza and i went with one of the girls from my class and like i just went in with all the confidence i see this now in open mics where it's like in the first like 30 seconds someone's on stage i'm like you're an actor like just so much uh stage presence and confidence but like and but you're talking like it's a monologue like it you can just tell it's so rehearsed and so like I did have jokes like I was kind of ahead of people who just start open mics from nothing Hmm. so I did have jokes and people would be like whoa like where did you come from you have you like keep doing it you have something like luckily some people were so supportive so I didn't quite bomb like right away but it was like it was weird i was talking to a friend of mine who's been a guest i won't say who been doing some stand-up lately pretty uh recently i'm sure you could figure it out if you've listened to all of them <laughs> uh and he had his first bomb last night oh yeah but he said it, it, it was good it's like i imagine it's like uh the first time you fall off your skateboard right and um then you know it's not so bad exactly yeah yeah and then you i don't know you learn from it it's uh especially at open mics like i used to get 
upset if I would bomb at an open mic because but it's mostly other comics in the audience so I'm just like who cares they're not like big Hollywood talent scouts right in Vancouver (laughs) how how long have you been doing it uh if you count the class I was in like two years but I sort of don't I kind of started counting of when I hit like was graduated and just doing open mics and that's like a year and a half so where, where did you book your first show how did that happen um your first non-open mic i guess it was well there is like a kind of a pro am show at the comedy basement so i'd only been there like three or four times and then Susie was like she runs it she runs the all the shows there and she was like you have five minutes um like you'd be good for a saturday show so it was like that was very kind of an easy but she does book a lot of new people so i don't know if i should say that that's my first book show it is though it's a fun show <laughs> what, what is uh what do you mean my program it's like she does a whole just a mix of like i said like people like who are new like as long as you have a, a cohesive five minutes you don't have to get a ton of laughs and she'll book you um but there's also pros on the show and then there's a headliner and like a semi-pro host um, and then there's just a mixed bag of comedians doing different amounts of time. I first saw you at, uh, I think it was Foxhole. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Uh, could be close to a year ago, or maybe it was this year. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how, how far in was that? Probably, yeah. If I, So say like I don't count the comedy basement, because if, if you're new and getting on that show, I would say... I started doing book shows other than that one. If I started in last January, then it would have been September, October. So eight months, nine, nine or ten months. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Randy Newmeyer before. Were you friends with her before comedy or did you meet her through it? No, yeah, we met through comedy. Just We had seen each other at shows a couple times. And then like I think we both just thought each other were funny. And I'm newer. She's, like, more experienced than I am. She's, like, four or five years in or something. Um, yeah, and then one day we were kind of like, hey. She, she asked me if we, if, if we would, if I wanted to write with her. And I was like, wow, she's, like, such a good comic. Yeah, so cool. And then we just became friends. <laughs> Do you guys write anything? Uh, we wrote some, just, like, worked on our own, like, stand-up ideas. Um, but, yeah. Nothing getting optioned. No, <laughs> we haven't written, like written any any scripts or anything. Do you do any non-comedy writing? No, I. That's something I'd like to do more of, and like uh, or even just like sketch sketches and stuff. I haven't written anything that's not stand up in like since I was in school, but I'd like to do more of that. So for people that are just getting started or haven't started yet. How would you recommend starting? Like, do you, would you recommend doing a class to someone, or you recommend just throwing yourself into it? Not necessarily. I don't think a school, a class, helps that much. You really have to throw yourself into it and just like start going to open mics. At first, when I started, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do one open mic a week. Like, that's great." And then I started doing one open mic a week, and I would not necessarily the same one, but I would see all the other people that were at the other ones and they were like, no, we're out here at 
five open mics a week like like the people in the crowd you, no like the like other comics right it's like you just have to get on stage in front of as many people as you can and just try it <laughs> so did you start with five minutes of material yeah like from my class we had to basically the goal of the class was to have a five minute set yeah because that's when you when you get you can like email yuck yucks and get on their amateur night and they give you a five minute set oh pro-am as in professional amateur i think i just yeah oh yeah yeah, i should have said that (laughs) the (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) um yeah so i had like five minutes but i when i i don't use any of those jokes anymore like they're I go back and listen to those recordings and I cringe. <laughs> I can't even uh, listen to recordings of this. Yeah. I, I listen at uh, double speed so I don't sound like myself. It also gets the job done twice as fast. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we record for an hour. I'm done in 30 minutes. Well, maybe 35. Got Some a... like chipmunks. That's a thing. So we use audition and I don't know what kind of black magic fuckery is in there, but you'll, your pitch doesn't raise as you speed oh. it up. So you sound exactly the same, but just twice as fast okay i was listening to podcast versus podcast today the episode we were on mm-hmm. and i just thought i sounded so slow <laughs> right i can't believe I, I talk that slowly all the time <laughs> are you from vancouver no i'm from kamloops originally that's in bc right yes it's about a four hour drive away from here is there much of a comedy scene there no nothing i never like tried to do it there but it's very like it's a it's a city that there's a hundred thousand people there, but it's just uh, there's just so conservative and like all the young people leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. There's no like arts. The biggest thing happened like a year after I moved away. They uh, the city was like there's this huge vacant lot downtown, just like massive, and they were like why don't we build this like arts community center that's got like a theater and like other things and people can put on shows and like that was the big thing that they wanted to do but then the city voted against it like <laughs> so there's nothing like there's that. nothing there there's nothing in this lot and there's Are there nothing any like that clubs you could you could do work at you could probably start a comedy night there and it would probably do okay now maybe like one night a month or something yeah because Kelowna is it's bigger than Kamloops. It's like, um, but it's like close. People always get the two confused. It's the um, K, I think. Yeah, pretty much. And there's a comedy scene there, though. Well, but uh, there's a very dedicated guy who like started it. So like, there has to be someone who's willing to like do comedy, but also like live in that small town. <laughs> have you done any uh, shows outside of Vancouver? No. Not where, yet. where would you go first? I don't know. I I've heard like good things weirdly about Edmonton. Um, For doing stand up. Yeah, just if I'm thinking like that's actually accessible that I could actually get to. Um, Edmont- Why not Seattle? It's closer. Yeah, true. Or Victoria, even Victoria has a comedy scene. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Hmm. Yeah, they actually one of their clubs there, Hecklers, is like known as like one of the best clubs in Canada. Just do they have hecklers there? Is that part of it, or is it just the name? No, I think that's just the name. They're just being cute. Yeah. Have you ever had to deal with a heckler? Not like anything bad, but just 
Because heckling is just people yelling. Yeah. Mostly, I've had to deal with people just, you know, when they, like, think it's a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Because, like, it, it's, it's always hard. kind of... <laughs> It's it's always kind of uh, obvious when a comic has like a canned response to a heckler. Right. Uh, I haven't had to deal with it so much, but it's actually just on Saturday I did this show, and I was the stand-up guest for an improv show. So I was, but I was opening it. I was the first one up, uh, so I had to like warm up the audience, and they were. It was like a late show like 10 30 and so the crowd came in and they were all a little you could tell that it was like a drinking crowd they were yeah. all like pretty rowdy but this one guy right in the front row everything i said like i said this joke about some dumb guy and then the guy would just he said something like oh boyfriend and but he was like saying it to me but also like to his friends beside him he had something like that to say for every single thing i said and then like finally I think like two or three minutes in, I just, I was like, okay, you gotta stop talking. But mostly it was, I wasn't trying to like be funny, but he was throwing me off so much and I wasn't in a great mood to begin with. I was just like, you gotta stop talking. Uh, and This isn't a conversation. And then like everyone laughed because luckily they were on my side. Because sometimes you just, you see a comic, but then they do that. And then the audience is just like, oh, you're a bitch. I think people, people like to see like <laughs> honesty on stage as well. Right. That's true. It was just like me having a real moment. I was like, I can't deal with you. And then I said something like, uh, this is an improv show, but that's later. Like, you can yell at them. Like, that's what, what was the show? Is. Uh, it was called Paint Bucket. Paint it's bucket. like a Who new group. Um, Maddie Rafter is a girl I know. Um, she's actually come out and done a few stand-up open mics. So then she asked me to be the guest on their show, which was very cool. Yeah, I think they've only had two shows so far. They're like a newer group. And when when do they perform? Do you know if they when when their follow up is? I don't. It's a yeah. It's gonna be monthly at Little Mountain Gallery. There's usually something on every day, and then the same day the next month will be yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So if that was it was a Saturday, Saturday the second Saturday. So when you're listening to this, it'll be. <laughs> We're plugging this show for them. Two Saturdays we, ago. So, they better appreciate this. So in two Saturdays, <laughs> check out Paint Bucket at Little Mountain Gallery starring... Uh, Maddie Rafter. Maddie Rafter. Oh, Vivi Vivian, I don't know her last name, and Steve. I don't know his last Steve, name either. Steve Agee might be there. We don't even know. Wow. <laughs> maybe, maybe Steve Rogers. Steve Martin. Steve Martin could be there. <laughs> could be. Uh, he wasn't at this one. Martin and Martin were here pretty recently. Did True. you catch that one? No, that would have been great. Yeah, I think it was like on a Tuesday and it was close to 100 bucks. I thought I'd love to see them, but it'd be one of those things. One of them's going to die. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to regret not shelling out that that hunted. But um, actually, speaking of that happening, this is sort of a new segment I've been trying out on here. Okay. That I was calling Days of Future Cast. We've done for the last couple of episodes. So as we said, this is going to come out two weeks. Right. And so each of us is going to try and guess a news headline Whoa. in that period. <laughs> oh, God. And then if you get it right, uh, I guess I'll edit in that you won, but we won't know. Okay. So maybe like a death or a, Ooh. Or a war or something God. positive, like maybe a... That would be nice. <laughs> like a dog learned to ski or something i was thinking i was leaning towards like animal something all right so what's that what's animal, animal sports do? <laughs> um 
a uh, dog's gonna save their owner from a fire. And that'll be in the Kamloops community news. Yes. Yeah. What's the name of that? Uh, that the Cam- rag. The Kamloops Daily News. Uh, actually, sh- they shut down. <laughs> There's like no newspaper in Kamloops. The Kamloops Daily News is so going to come back because yeah. they got this one story there is, about a uh, dog saving people from a fire, right? Yeah, exactly. Then nice. people will care about the news again. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't take credit for this one. I uh, asked Talia before the show, what should I say? So she'll get the point. Nice. But she thinks maybe maybe uh, Meghan Markle will be pregnant. Oh, that's a good one. Nice. She's got two weeks to get publicly knocked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to announce and then it. the house wins uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like way more logical though than mine <laughs> what are your favorite rooms to perform in vancouver little mountain gallery is one of them for sure do they do pure stand-up nights ever uh every thursday jokes please is the show there and it's always great ross Dauk runs that one and he is so funny um yeah so that's a very cool one. I like performing at uh, the Foxhole also. That's a fun room. We had Jackie in here a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's... I don't know if you heard that episode. That, that was uh, one of the more serious ones Oh, as well. It was mm. good. It's a good listen. Cool. You check that one out. I don't know the episode number. This is 14. I didn't mention at the top. <laughs> I realized today I've actually never mentioned that. But anyway. Um... <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> what about the Kino? Have you ever done that? Oh, yes. That's a great one. That's one of my favorites, actually. I live really close to Kino, like walking distance, so I often just hang out there even if I'm not performing because there are shows like every Tuesday night. But Steve, who runs that one, that was one of the first spots I did because he, that show does a cool thing, the three-minute spot, so he'll give a brand new comic three minutes on a show. So that's kind of where I first did a set also, like that wasn't an open mic. And he's been very supportive of me. He's, like, let me host that show when I wanted to try hosting. And, like, he always puts me on. It's really cool. That same person I mentioned before who I didn't name, um, Mm. I was talking to him about uh, possibly wanting to do some of my own material. And he said the Kino is probably the best place to start. I think so. It's, like, um, even if you bomb, it is. it just feels supportive. It's a nice... I don't know. It's a nice place. <laughs> a nice room. I hear a lot about stand-up being a lot more unforgiving than improv, especially with your peers. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, it is like when you're when you see new people start stand-up, you just a lot of comics just don't pay attention or they're just like, oh, another new person. We don't need any more new people. Like there are a lot. There's a lot of negativity, whereas I feel like with improv, that's just not there as much well improv's kind of hard to do on your own that's very true like it, it's definitely a team sport whereas stand-up it's like you don't have to care about anybody but it's like it's a very lonely way to be yeah either it is still like i look at everyone i see on a regular basis as like a co-worker kind of even though when you're on stage it's just you like you want the show to be good well i mean with everything now like podcasts and you know netflix giving everyone a special it's not like there's limited spots there's room for everybody exactly yeah that's why i really like shows like randy's the list and mm. uh like blood feud as well where yeah. they mix stand-up and improv seems like everybody has a better time yeah i agree and it's like it's, a lot of stand-ups hate improvisers they're just like 
Ugh, improv's so dumb. I hate them. I don't. I just don't get it. Like, why? Yeah, what's the reason to hate them? They're not taking anything away from you. That no, they're I don't know. Filling another market. Audience <laughs> members who don't like improv aren't going to watch improv. Exactly. It's a weird. I don't know. Because improvisers have this reputation of just being like zany all the time. I'm an improviser. Like, whoa, you're a you're on the in a field playing football like i don't know they think that they're like that in real life all the time <laughs> yeah have you ever done any improv i did a lot when i was in school but i so i did it with like the same people like my same class but it was like a nine month program and we did improv like three times three days a week like all day and that's and, uh, enough for you <laughs> that, i thought that just made me kind of hate it i probably would still do some of it i like certain styles of improv um there's a show called slideshow they do at the little mountain gallery where an improviser is standing there by themselves and then like they just play random slides behind them and then the the improviser comes out in a character you could choose any character is, is that stacy mclaughlin's show yeah yeah stacy and max run that one i think and then uh they just have to like justify what is behind them like in their character and i think that's really a really cool show it's like that segment from uh whose line that they would throw colin in front of the screen but exactly he except he didn't know what was on the screen yeah he didn't yeah. get to look back at it <laughs> yeah there are some things that i like about it i think i just was like there are a lot of the people that i was stuck in the class with i would just stick with them and i was like i don't like improv <laughs> what do you think about this do you think this show would bump what a what about you get four stand-ups and they've got to do some improv and then you get some, like, I don't know, four, four improv people and they've got to improvise a tight three. Do you think uh, that would just, do you think that'd just be a shit night for everyone involved? Maybe. Stand-ups would be like, oh, they would hate it. Who like, would be worse? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you were improvising stand-up, that might be harder. But they're... There was a show called The Comedy Bucket where it's like the stand-ups would have to go on stage and like pick a topic out of a bucket and then riff on it. Also, they trick the stand-ups into doing improv. Exactly. It was an improv show. And They're like idiots. They fall I... right into it. <laughs> and like I love that show and like I did it and I felt like I had a really good time, but a lot of comics would do it and they just like hated it or they just freeze on stage. Like they don't know how to Improv, you just have to say the first thing that comes to your head. Yeah. But stand-ups are just like, mm, I don't know. I, and then they just get mad at it. There's <laughs> a lot more planning involved. Yeah. But it's like, it is good to have those skills because when you're on stage, you have to be like, something could happen. Zip-zap-zopping around. Exactly. <laughs> you said was about comedy buckets, so that show's over? Uh, I don't know. I, I think so. The last one that they did, I think, was in February. Who ran that one? Ryan Williams and Gavin Matz. They're both like very busy and like doing a lot of other things. So I don't yeah. think that they, I don't think that they cared enough about it to keep doing it or like they never promoted it really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> so you recently uh, did Gentleman Hecklers. Mm hmm. How'd you get involved with that? Uh, finally. Eric Fell, who does it, was my sketch teacher in school. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And so out of everyone I went to school with, like our comedy class of 12, I'm the only one still doing comedy, I think. Um, some of them I think still do improv here and there, but I haven't seen them. But uh, so anyways, I've run into Eric a lot just in the comedy scene. And he like, they had their third member of the gentleman, gentleman hecklers um, recently like quit. All like the two month, three months ago now, the day of their show, he was like, by the way, this is the last one I'm going to do. Um, I don't know. But he if still I should... did that show. He still did that show. I don't well, know. That's if... good. Yeah. He was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't know what the reasons were. But so anyways, they were like thinking they would have rotating guests of standups or other comedians. And I think Katie Ellen Humphreys did one. And then they were like, asked me to do the next one. And then the next month, Patrick was out of town. So they were just like, why don't you do it again? <laughs> I'll see you done too. Yeah. So you watched Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. Was that in the most recent one? Yeah, that was the most recent one. What did you watch before that? Street Fighter. Oh, they're both so good. Yeah. Which one did you like better? Like, like non-ironically, non which one do you think was better? Street Fighter. Hmm. Johnny Mnemonic was so so good. weird. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Henry Rollins is Spider, the uh, oh, sort of street surgeon. Yes. And what was that? Cool. That like crazy. Uh, warrior priest sort of dude yeah Dolph Lundgren Dolph Lundgren was in plays that. the street preacher and he looks like Jesus and ice tears and he kills in it. people and yeah there's a talking psychic dolphin yeah Talia have you seen this movie no I have no idea what you're talking about that's amazing it's, it's a there's a also a how did this get made on it oh yeah do um gentlemen hecklers record their uh shows no I don't think so well they should they should yeah, yeah. it's a cool it was it's a very fun show. Was that was that your uh, virginal viewing of that movie when you saw it? Yes, but so they don't like riff the movie on the spot. Like we all watch it beforehand and like oh everyone watches it together. Plan what we're gonna say, right? <laughs> um, so that way, like the jokes are actually funny and uh, we're not all speaking at the same time. But do, when it when it's on stage, do you, do you stop it and? stop and start and no we just play the movie so you're kind of there to watch the movie and then also we're like on the side of the stage oh right and so then we like just interject so on a side note uh the rio has been saved yeah yeah Very I, exciting. I meant to bring that up in a previous one but uh, it didn't come up naturally so <laughs> this is somewhat natural yes do you think ryan reynolds did donate like he said i think he probably donated something people were hounding him about it and he was just saying yeah i already did I maybe already like maybe like 10 grand it's like a drop in the bucket fam yeah but like someone was saying so like he posted something about on twitter um like something about how he donated or his tweet that was like yeah donate to this hmm. and then someone said they like had looked at what the amount was before and like after he tweeted that and they were like yeah it was only like ten thousand dollars more so we're throwing shade at yeah but i'm rounds. like whatever he's he doesn't have to spend his millions of dollars he doesn't want to invest in but the if, Rio. You think about, if you think about his <laughs> amount of followers on twitter i feel like if he shared that 10 times that'd be worth way more than that's true ten thousand dollars and that would take nothing for him it's not like limited real estate it's true. Like, who? I don't. Uh, yeah. If he really cared, he just did that one little tweet and it was like. So, if he really cared, <laughs> he would come in here and defend himself. So, exactly. If he doesn't come in here, we'll know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ryan Reynolds, 
Don't I'm not going to say if you're listening because I know you are. <laughs> I still love you, Ryan. <laughs> did you did you see that uh, Deadpool? Yeah. You like that one? Yeah, I really liked the first one. I enjoyed the second one too, but I liked the first one better. I like them both, but I feel like everyone out there is trying to convince me that I didn't and they're starting to succeed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten this weird like backlash. Like the first one was like beloved, I thought. And then the second one, like the trailers came out and then people were excited but then all of a sudden people were like it's trying too hard we know what i think it is (laughs) is when the first one came out it was because all the superhero movies were really serious right and it was being kind of farcical turning it on its head yeah now you look you watch infinity war and it's got as many jokes in it as deadpool one that's true and so there's not really space for it anymore yeah it's no longer relevant trying to turn that format on its head because then they'd have to be doing it serious. I mean, that'd be cool. Deadpool 3, dead serious. Yeah, ooh. Yeah. That's, like a, that's a subtitle for you, Ryan. <laughs> when I see you at brunch tomorrow. Yes. I know. I, I like the first one, and a lot of people don't give it enough credit as being a love story. It's absolutely... It came out on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't like people. It's a romantic movie. I cried. It is very romantic. <laughs> I, I cried at the bit in the second one where uh, it's playing Take On Me really slowly. <laughs> yeah. And he's in a sort of weird, like, purgatory heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I cried in the second one, too. I'll sort of just take a moment to remember that. <laughs> uh, I actually, I saw that in theaters on Valentine's Day in Vancouver before I lived here. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So that was cool, seeing uh, seeing the downtown east side. Right. And the uh, I work near the strip club where that's ah, filmed the number five orange yeah <laughs> i say near but um <laughs> yeah anyway <Now> near. <laughs> so yeah we'll see if uh megan markle is pregnant for anyone on citr thanks so much for tuning in that's the end of our time slot but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com for anyone else stick around we've still got lots more to talk about with gina i meant to ask you this before the break but i messed myself around Anyway, uh, you were in a, a movie or a short called uh, Buried and Discarded as Drunken Teen. <laughs> My one IMDb credit. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. Uh, so <laughs> it was someone I went to school with was like, My sister is doing this independent short. Do you want to just come do background for it? I was like, Sure, I've never done background for anything. But like, we literally like show up. And me and my other friend who played Drunken Teen 2 or something. Um, you were Drunken Teen 1. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Top pill. <laughs> I love that as a first credit, like, of course. Um, so they were like, okay, what you're going to be doing is uh, we're in the apartment. And it was like the middle of winter. And they're like, we're actually going to film you, the two of you outside. Because in front of their apartment building, there's this weird, like, um just like a water feature with like this kind of bridge and a lamppost. And they're like, we're going to film the two of you in front of this lamppost, just acting drunk and laughing a lot, but we're going to film you from inside the apartment. So we're not even going to hear what you're saying. And it was like from like really far away. (laughs) And like they filmed us like just kind of falling and laughing with each other for like 15 minutes. And then they're like, okay, you guys can go. Like, and then I never saw this movie and then they, tagged me in it on imdb and i was like what oh. have you seen it now no do you know if you even made the cut i have no idea well uh we're gonna have to try <laughs> and find that one yeah that's uh buried and discarded Hmm. who made that sarah parker 
Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, before the show, I asked Gina about a comedic influence to talk about today, and she came back with Ellen DeGeneres. So what does Ellen mean for you? Um, A lot. Like, I just feel like... It's because I was born in, like, the early 90s. I feel like she's just been, like, relevant throughout my whole life. Like, my parents watched her sitcom and stuff. And I just like her, like, her style of comedy and how she's just, like, a nice person. <laughs> I just, I, I admire that a lot. And she sometimes uses that as well, like, to be snarky. And it, and it like, comes from a... Yes. Like, she can, like, really, like, do, like, yeah, like do digs at people and like have a, she has all this sarcasm but like you know that she's just like the loveliest person yeah so you first saw her in her show ellen the, probably uh... that was probably my first exposure to her and then uh we had like a stand-up i saw her do stand-up I, my brother had like a dvd of her one of her specials and i love it i it's actually in my possession now and what's that one called here and now and it was like just before she started her talk show so i think it was like 2001 yeah so i would have been like 10 when it came out i don't know if i saw it right when it came out but it's so funny i've gone back and watched it since and i'm just like it's still hilarious i'll have to check that one out Mm -hmm. i remember the sitcom mainly because my mom would watch it and then it kind of stuck in my mind as as a uh, a kid because of the controversy around when she came out yeah. and how her, her character in the show, who is also the eponymous Alan, came out as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if, it, if she was the first, but it's the first I noticed openly gay character on TV. Yeah. Well, Except for maybe like Xena. Yeah. Although well, that wasn't open. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually ever been said, but... <laughs> I think implied. I understood that before I understood <laughs> that like I was attracted to women. I was like, those women are in a relationship. Zena <laughs> and uh, what was she called? Oh, I never actually watched. Or uh, Willow and um, right. And who was she with? She was what in was love with Buffy anyway. The reason I'm saying this is Gina was wearing a Buffy the Vampire Slayer T-shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was her name Tara or something? The other Willow? witch. Yeah. There are a couple of white witches. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Angel as well? uh no i never did i i, I have this embarrassing memory because this show is all about me now but <laughs> oh it's great i have this embarrassing memory of when i was doing french this this quiz was just like what all your favorite things were like what's your favorite food what's your favorite color yeah and they asked what's your favorite show and in french and i don't remember how to say it, i said buffy no wait angel <laughs> but like in the french accent and i won't do it for you now uh so we were talking about Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Do you remember that happening? The the whole coming out thing? I've like recently like watched something on it. I think they were talking about it on her talk show recently. And yeah, apparently like they did that episode where she comes out and then like the show like got canceled really quickly yeah. after that. They were like, whoa, this isn't okay. This was before Will and Grace, right? Yes. Always had a it was a big deal. Yeah. So I remember that show, right, was like quite important when it came out as well. Yeah. But if you did it now, it would almost be like a parody. Yeah, it's true. There are like very stereotypical like gay men and you're just like, okay. 
<laughs> so, so someone had to like rip the band-aid off yeah and make it normal and ellen took the bullet for everyone and she really did like, and it's good to see that it's it's sort of come back in her favor as yeah. well i mean she's probably one of the i'd say one of the most successful comedians on the planet right now yeah i would think so there'd be people that doesn't even that don't even know she's a stand-up that are fans of her it's true like uh actually i've like often cited her as one of my favorite comedians and if i met like at an open mic or something before the show and like newer like stand-ups are talking and these just you know just like weird dudes and they're just like ellen's not a stand-up <laughs> you're like she she was on johnny carson like get out of here and like carson's not a stand-up <laughs> right. well she's funnier than jay leno yes <laughs> <laughs> what do i read here so the ellen DeGeneres show now uh <laughs> different from ellen ellen was the uh semi-biographical sitcom, sitcom. And then the Ellen DeGeneres show, as we all know, it's still referred to as Ellen by most people as yeah the um, daytime talk show. Uh, you ever watch that? Yeah, I used to a lot, like when I lived at home, like with my parents still, because they had cable. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty into it for a while. Sometimes I'll watch... That's the kind of stuff you get into when you have cable. Yeah. Like Jerry Springer back in the day. When you were sick off school, that was what you'd watch at Jerry Springer. Yeah. Is that the uh... same for Canadians? Sometimes I like not me personally. I wasn't into Jerry Springer. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. was a, a the scared more sort of wholesome, girl. Wholesome angle like uh, yeah. Ellen. Yeah. Well, I'd watch WWE <laughs> Raw and then Jerry Springer. Oh, that's great. And Jerry Springer had the more brutal fights. <laughs> but yeah, the Ellen DeGeneres show. I find that that show it's a it's a big jumping off point for a lot of people as well. It's like you'll see someone getting some notoriety on YouTube just across oh, yeah. reddit and twitter and then suddenly they hit ellen it's like he, the next level yeah she has a lot of like random viral sensations on her show this is probably the only avenue a lot of her viewers get to that sort of thing yeah it's true it, you know it's like older moms or whoever middle american house for and exactly things like that <laughs> like uh probably the yodel kid probably got oh yeah got a lot bigger after ellen he's got his uh mm-hmm. hit now Oh, God. You can see the videos of him flossing like every other kid. It's hilarious. Kaylin Allen, you ever watch him? Oh, yes. Yeah, the guy who, who like, reviews the, like, Tasty videos. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like... Uh, yeah, he's been on our show a couple times now, right? He, he's, like, a segment on the show now. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he's good. He's Good for him. I thought it was, like, a 15 minutes of fame for him, but, but it's growing. It's good to see. Yeah. Did you great. ever see that thing? Um, I heard this on the H3 podcast when she... She set up this sort of trap to shame someone for stealing on the show. Oh, no. And it was kind of fucked up, actually, like, speaking against Ellen for a second. So she set up this, like, free swag table before the show and oh, said, like, please take one. Yeah. And this is maybe staged, maybe not. Right. I don't know. And uh, set up a hidden camera. And then this one person took two things. So, like, well, I'll take oh. one for my sister. And she, like, publicly on the show, like, calls her out. Oh no! And says like, "Oh, you know, that's so every, everyone's got a sister back home," and this woman was just like so red faced as well. Yeah, no kidding. It's like she just ripped this woman apart for a bit. Ooh, that woman's gonna think about that till the day she dies. Yeah, absolutely. Ellen's on... forgotten about it already. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, sleeping on a pile of money. Oh, yeah. She was still with Portia de Rossi. Yeah, they're still together. That's a cool, cool couple. She had like a, I can't remember. 
I was gonna say who her other wife was. I just cut that out. I can't remember. Oh, and Hesh. And Hesh. All right, you got it. We can leave it in. <laughs> She's a animal rights activist and a vegan, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Has a vegan recipe and how to be vegan section on on her website. Oh wow! As well, people getting into it, which is pretty cool. I uh, thought this was interesting. Uh, she lists among her comedic influences Woody Allen, Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, who we'll be talking about next week with Joe Dvorak. Cool. Steve Martin and Bob Newhart. I think a, a lot of people, without realizing their first uh, exposure to Ellen, would be as Dory in Finding Nemo. Right. Oh, yeah. I've totally forgot about that. And obviously Finding Dory as well. Yeah. Oh, she's great in those. Like, obviously, like, because she was so great in the first one, they, they were just like, sequel is about Dory. <laughs> she, she fits that character so well. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Because it's such a, a wholesome character. Mm-hmm. But then it, the character does have that kind of sarcastic wit. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. One of her earliest acting roles was, uh, have you heard about Ellen's Energy Adventure? No. So she had this series about physics and science that played at Epcot Center in Disney World with Bill Nye. Whoa. Which is pretty cool. I want to try and find that. Yeah, I'd love to try and find that. That's great. So uh, what are you working on right now uh, outside of stand-up? Outside of stand-up? Outside of stand-up, within <laughs> <Nothing>. stand-up. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just working uh, on trying to write more. I, I'm doing The Gentleman Hecklers again next month. Is that um, a once-a-month show? It is. And I don't think I'm going to be doing it all the time, but they asked me back. Because they're trying to sneak you into being the third host. I, I don't know, <laughs> but it's their six-year anniversary next month, so they were like, "We want." Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. They wanted someone who had done it before, and the third guy was like, "No, I don't want to come back." So I was like, "Okay," and they're doing Batman and Robin, so that is very fun. Um, have you seen that one before? Yes, I have that one on DVD. Nice. <laughs> what date's that on? September twelfth. September twelfth, the Rio Theater. Uh huh. And this will have come out in time. Don't Perfect. Worry. So go go check that out. You can see uh, you can see Gina there. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah, tell tell Eric if he uh, comes in here, I'll go go on there as well. Ah, very cool. Yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just probably my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Is at, that at Gina Harms? Oh, that's a nice one. You got got your name in there. Got Someone told me when you've got just your name with no numbers or anything, it's called Sweaty. Like you've got a sweaty name. Oh. Yeah. I've never heard so that. So that's uh, Gina Hans with a sweaty name on Twitter. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. Uh, that was Gina Hans talking about Ellen DeGeneres. Join me next week when I talk to Joe Dvorak of Story Story Lie about Carol Burnett. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing over on cavegoblins.com. We've got a Reddit community and a Discord server you can find through our website, so hop on over there. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time.